On today's show, welcome to week one of the college football season. Before we get there, I will give you one reason and one reason alone why gambling should be legal everywhere. Saturday afternoon, 3.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Rocky Mountain, Alabama plays Miami, Florida. Neutral site game in Atlanta. I am already on the Crimson Tide at minus 19 for the game for a very simple reason. It is a college football tradition. Ever since Nick Saban has gone to Alabama, they invite one unsuspecting team into a season-opening game at a neutral site. They kick them around the field. They rub their nose in their own feces. They send them on their way. Ever since he's been there, Alabama 11-2 against the spread in season openers. Miami, they might be a good team, but they are not Alabama good. Those are two very different things. It might be the only consistent truth in life. Bet Alabama in season opening games against the spread. So we have our reason why gambling should be legal everywhere. Because you will only need a three-word vocabulary to cheer on Saturday. Roll damn tide. And now, Sports with Chris Rawl. Happiness is college football. I began this week talking about motivation, how everybody's got to find it for themselves. Whatever you do with your life and whatever motivation you find therein, it's up to you. Great gift, right? I can do something that brings me happiness. You can do something differently, and it also brings you happiness. Now, in that episode, I spoke about my number one motivation for doing things, which indeed is happiness. Uh, And that's tied into a variety of things. I talked a lot about golf on that show. And another thing that we are going to talk about today is college football, because week one begins in earnest tonight and extends through Labor Day weekend. And I want to step back for a second from being a Nebraska football fan, which I've recorded a lot of shows about, which led to a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth over last weekend as they went down to Illinois and got kicked in their pants and sent on their way. And now I'm in that identity crisis of what is this program and what am I doing watching this team and do I even want to watch them play Fordham on Saturday, all that kind of stuff. I want to take a step back from that. And I want to come at you from the perspective of somebody who has loved college football their entire life and who has derived a great amount of happiness from the sport. Week one is a very, very special time. Anybody who follows college football knows this. Anybody who gets just excited and goosebumps when autumn gets here because of this reason, they know this. It's that fall feeling of optimism and hope that every fan base is sitting on right now, except for Nebraska, obviously, as they succumb in week zero. But everybody going into this weekend is feeling that. This could be the season. We can win more games than last. Ooh, maybe we can challenge for a conference title. Maybe if we're lucky, we could challenge for a playoff spot. All that kind of stuff. Now, I'll warn everybody in advance, as the person who went through it last week, be prepared because that can go out the window really fast. One second you're sitting there thinking, yeah, sure, Nebraska could win seven or eight games this year, and the next... Illinois is running right behind tackle and center over and over and over. And you're going, no, no, this this team's going to lose eight games as they do every single year. Um, so at that point, happiness has to exist outside of the following of any one team. This is something that I've come to realize is Nebraska has really become a bad football team for two decades, right? In my early, early stages of being a college football fan, it was tied in greatly to Nebraska and whether or not they won or lost. Okay, 
if they lost, I can't really enjoy the rest of this Saturday. As Nebraska started losing a lot of games per year, I said, eh, I'm going to have to find a different avenue towards happiness within this sport because it's not here with Nebraska right now. So it extends out to the sport. Um, and the oldest memories that I have of happiness, literally in my life, they involve college football and especially the start of the college football season. It's back when I'm seven years old and I've fallen head over heels for the sport and I'm going, this is crazy. It was a wild time. It only got wilder as my age improved. Um, at the time, I would wear a foam corn head. This is not an exaggeration. I hesitate to bring this up into a microphone because people will be able to hear it for as long as they want. I used to get a foam corn cob. I put it on my head and I had a foam number one red finger, like the cliche stereotype of a weird fan that you see on a Pepsi commercial nowadays. That was me when I was seven years old. Little portly lad with red hair, corn cob on his head and a red finger on his hand. That was me watching for years and years and years. It was a source of great joy and happiness. Uh, Strangely enough, at that same time, I was not a chef. I am not in present day, but for some reason, the culinary art that I leaned into at the time was mixing a can of chili with cream cheese. I would get those and I'd boil them together in a pot. That's what college football Saturday was, okay? A kid with a corn cob on his head and a foam finger eating chili and cream cheese out of a bowl. Way intense, I will admit, but also setting the earliest stages of college football fandom. And it can get way weird. It can get way intense. But the first Saturday in fall, it's always an incredible reintroduction to the sport, whether it's those nostalgic memories at the time that have nothing to do with football and everything to do with just being a weirdo who wants to put foam on themselves or the games itself, whether that's the high-level games, which we have in great quantities come Saturday, I'll be getting into mid-level games or just the abominations that can only exist within college football that can be just as entertaining as Alabama playing Georgia. When you get Akron and UMass going against one another, sometimes what comes out of that is just as enjoyable as anything that the sport has to offer. Now, I will always say that college football is the best because you never really know what direction a Saturday will take you. You think it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, and it ends up being UMass Akron. You just don't ever really know. You go in thinking these are going to be the best games, and sometimes they are. Most times they are not. The stuff that grabs you, you don't really know until the Saturday is playing out before you. You know, sometimes the most thrilling game is Appalachian State against Michigan when Appalachian State's a 30-point underdog and the Big Ten Network just got started and this is the first game on it and nobody knows how to find it and the next thing you know, it's a game into the second half and the next thing you know, Appalachian State's blocking a field goal to win the game and it is just chaos. That is one of the key words of college football for me when it comes to this process of getting happiness from this sport continually. You give yourself into that chaos. It is a mantra of me personally when it comes to consuming the sport of college football. So I want to read something to you that I wrote in the past um, when it comes to this sport and the love that I find for the sport. I loved watching college football, but was confused by almost everything. Ties, multiple national champions, polls, the inability of Lavelle Edwards to smile. I would cut out newspaper box scores and examine them at night. Convinced the secrets lay hidden in black and white. They did not. 
But as I grew older, I began to understand the magnetic pull of this beautiful, imperfect sport. Chaos is preferable to calm. There is excitement and passion bred from uncertainty. College football is anarchy presented as stable fact, a mirror of the shifting and exhilarating world around us. Every Saturday in autumn, chaos calls. A bottle to be shaken, uncorked, and see what sprays. End quote. So I'm going to steal one of those lines in there. Self-plagiarization. Chaos is preferable to calm. Uh, As I was writing this piece about college football a few years ago, I was trying to verbalize some of my thoughts and feelings and emotions to the sport that, again, dates back to my earliest childhood memories of happiness. And this is one of the things that I knew deep down but had never fully formulated on paper. Chaos is preferable to calm within this sport. It's part of why I've railed against the playoff era since 2014 when it was instituted because it has minimized some of that chaos that I do believe is the lifeblood of the sport. This season, you know, there are five teams that seem to be head and shoulders above the rest, much like the duration of the playoff era so far. Alabama, Crimson Tide at the top, we know that. They're not going anywhere. Clemson Tigers, we know that. They're at the top. They're not going anywhere. Oklahoma, Sooners, same thing. They're at the top. They're not going anywhere. Ohio State, the same thing. Georgia, the same thing. These recruiting powerhouses that have stabilized where they're at as a program and seem so far removed from the rest of the nation that it's almost like these five teams are playing a separate sport from the others. Again, a similar story of the playoff era. Those first four teams I mentioned, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, they have claimed 20 of the 28 playoff spots since the playoff began. Now this goes contrary to what I want as I've recorded shows in the past. Uh, It kind of revolves around that famous line from the Batman movies. Some people just want to watch the world burn, right? That is 100% true for me and this sport. Uh, Give me the anarchy. Give me the chaos. Give me the world burning every single Saturday rather than the five teams sitting at the top and just we know that at the end of the season... Four of these teams will presumably be playing, and then two will be playing, and then one of them will be the national champion. The most exhilarating version of the sport, it is the anarchy that college football can provide, something you will never get in the realm of professional sports. There's no possible way that you can draft up a scenario where something as shocking and exhilarating as Appalachian State beating Michigan in the season opener, there's no way you can draft that up in the NFL. It doesn't exist. Even the worst NFL team, everybody understands. These are professional athletes. They're all the best players on their college teams. So last year when the Jets beat the Rams, it's not crazy. We just go, oh, that's an upset, but an NFL upset. Those are two very different things. It's not a team that nobody knows anything about. Appalachian State going into the big house against a Michigan powerhouse and beating them. Um, So we come into present day. And as I kind of search for that vein to tap into that I always want, I go, okay, it's week one of the college football season. I'm getting that feeling in my blood. I'm ready to put the foam corn head on. I got the chili and cream cheese bubbling out in the pot. What kind of chaos can this week bring? It's always a huge area of intrigue for me. Who is going to be upset? 
who is going to implode. What team that we think is going to be awesome just lays a complete egg and their season is over before it has even begun. Think Nebraska. (laughs) How I was feeling last week. Yeah, that sucks as a fan when it's your fan base. But when you can zoom out and be a fan of the sport in general, this is part of the process that is enjoyable to just follow. Who are the teams that are going to flame out before their season has even begun? What direction will Saturday take us? What direction will the weekend take us? So, again, when it comes to the happiness and enjoyment that comes from this sport, that's one of the keys. You never know which direction Saturday will take you. And this week, because it's opening weekend, the games are even more spread out, not just on Saturday. And it starts tonight. A reason for great excitement. Again, get your chili and cream cheese on the stove. Let it start bubbling now. Because tonight, Ohio State at Minnesota. Tasty, tasty, tasty. Almost as tasty as that chili and cream cheese. Uh, The Buckeyes, we know they're one of the five teams that matter. We know that they are breaking in a new quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Very intriguing what that will look like, always. Because you hear these names thrown about if you follow the recruiting process like I do. And seeing C.J. Stroud under center, it will be an area of great intrigue. Because if he's a star immediately, well, then Ohio State's going to zip to the top of those five teams. And if not, then there's going to be question marks as to how Ohio State ranks within the five teams that matter on a national scale. And depending on how painful the process is of him being the quarterback, how they rank as the team in the Big Ten, if there's somebody who can come up and usurp them. Minnesota, two years ago, they were awesome. B.J. Fleck, Minnesota, they come out of nowhere. They're bashing on Auburn at the end of the year. I think they go 11-2 and in that season. Last year, they just kind of crater. Which of those two teams comes out this year? Is it that great team from two years ago? Is it the bottom half of the Big Ten West team from last year? We don't know. Um, Ohio State got them at minus 13 and a half. Got them under 65 points for the total. Which direction will the week take us? The great question. Same night, tonight, uh, as I spoke about in a gambling segment before, Boise State and UCF play. I'm on over 68 and a half points in that game. Two teams that have a lot of intrigue as they're breaking in new coaching staffs, UCF and Gus Malzahn, Boise State and Andy Avalos. They're playing tonight in Orlando, that just sweltering Florida heat. Seems like a great recipe for the over. Defenders just falling down and cramping and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight that is interesting. These are the two games I'm going to bring up, but there's a chance that by the time Thursday plays out, the games that we're circling in on are Nowhere near these two. It could be Weber State against Utah. It could be just any number of strange games that we don't see coming because you never really know which direction this sport will take you. Friday night, yeah, we got more stuff. The ones that I personally am looking at right now, it's North Carolina and Virginia Tech. I'm on Virginia Tech plus six. North Carolina side, we got Sam Howell under center, one of the great returning quarterbacks in the nation. A lot of people think he is... Right at the top of the list for Heisman contenders, going to be a future first-round NFL draft choice. Mac Brown, he is turning that program around very quickly and recruiting at a level that they haven't done in a long time. Virginia Tech, that's the pressure-packed experience. That's a lot of what Nebraska was going through a week prior. Justin Fuente, their coach, he is on the hot seat, and that is only going to get hotter if they lose their season opener against a divisional opponent in North Carolina. So the pressure, which is already 9 out of 10, if they're going down in flames on Friday night, Just ratchet it up to an 11 out of 10 and 
wait for him to get fired before the season's over. That's what's riding on that individual matchup. A couple hours later, you love just grubby Big Ten football. We got a game just for you. Michigan State Northwestern. Just bet the under. That is always the rule. I bet it at 46 and a half. When you have a grubby Big Ten game, which in this case, it's about as grubby as you could possibly find, you just bet the under because you know these two teams are going to be rolling around in the mud two yards at a time. Pat Fitzgerald and Mel Tucker, they love coaching very specific styles of football, and I expect this game to follow suit. But you never know. What's going to grab us on that night? Could be something completely outside of these two matchups, or it could be them. Saturday... The menu expands to near infinity, which Saturday is always the very best. And again, week one of the college football season, when you got everything, high level, mid-level abominations, it's just a great time to sit and bask in the glow of that particular experience. So let's start with the headliners. Uh, Let's stay in the Big Ten, but let's really ratchet up the quality of play because Penn State and Wisconsin are going at it. Two teams that have dreams of usurping Ohio State at the top of that conference. Two teams that are looking to bounce back from last year. Penn State really, really, really struggled in the COVID year. A lot of opt-outs, injuries, all that kind of stuff. It seems like it's probably just a write-off and they'll go back to being a top 10 team like they'd been the years prior under James Franklin. We don't know. We still got to see. Wisconsin, similar story. They look like they're going to be awesome. Graham Mertz goes down with COVID. Next thing you know, they're just kind of stumbling and bumbling their way through the season. Now they have high hopes and dreams of what they can be this year. Uh, The Big Ten West champions. And again, a team that could take out Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. That is a great, intriguing matchup (laughs) and a great way to start your Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Rocky Mountain time. Um, Alabama, Miami, what I started the show with. Two storied teams. Two teams that I think are both going to be good, but the separation between Alabama good and good is vast. So the questions of this game, they're very obvious. Is there anybody who can play Alabama in a neutral site season opener and not get pounded like a drum? I'm betting against that because I have Alabama minus 19, and I know Nick Saban is 11-2 against the spread in season openers, but is Miami going to be the exception of the rule? I don't know. Going back to the Ohio State questions of C.J. Stroud under center. Alabama is going through a similar thing. Bryce Young taking over for Mac Jones. We've heard a lot about him. We've never really seen him. Highly touted recruit coming in to play quarterback. Is he just going to step in and not miss a beat? Is Alabama going to win every national title forever? Um, Doesn't Alabama have to take, take a step back offensively from where they were last year? A team that, as I watched them and by season's end, I said, this is weird because... A year prior, I watched LSU and Joe Burrow and said, that's the best offense I've ever seen. And then one year later, I was watching Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle before he gets injured. And I'm going, I think this is the best offense I've ever seen. Is it possible that Bryce Young can just step in and keep this machine whirring at that level? It seems impossible, but at this point, I I don't put anything past what Alabama can do. You want another grubby Big Ten game with a little more talent? Great. We have Indiana and Iowa, two ranked teams, two teams that played very well last year. Indiana, maybe a mirage. There's a lot of strange things that went into them having a great season, including the game that opened last year, which we didn't think was going to be intriguing at all and ended up being the game of the Saturday when they're playing Penn State and it's being decided at the goal line reach in overtime on fourth down. They're going on the road to Iowa. 
We know Kirk Ferentz. We know the stability of that program. We know both of these teams are trying to break through into that upper tier of the Big Ten where Wisconsin and Penn State are residing for the last five years and hopefully beyond that where Ohio State resides. All of these teams are looking and saying that can be up this year. Remember the hope, the optimism that comes built into week one. Two teams that have incredible ceilings and incredible floors are playing Saturday night at the Rose Bowl, LSU and UCLA. Two years ago, LSU wins the national title. Last year, they have the worst season ever for a team coming off of a national title. Were they truly that bad or was it just, again, a weird COVID write-off year? That's the question a lot of teams are trying to identify because last year was so strange that it almost seems like you toss it out the window and you don't think about it and you just say, we're LSU, we've recruited incredibly well. Go in, let's beat UCLA, let's get ourselves going and we'll be back in the national title picture. UCLA? Their ceiling seems like it's pretty high. Their floor, we know what it is under Chip Kelly, an abomination of a football team. Can Chip Kelly actually coach a good football team in present day? We haven't seen that for many years. Uh, But they pound on Hawaii in week zero. They've been recruiting well enough. They seem like they're ready to break through and become a legitimate top 25 team. This game is and will be a step in that right direction if they can pull it out. Will there even be more than 500 people in the crowd? As it looked like there was against Hawaii. Hopefully, because these are two teams that are good and it should be an entertaining football game. But you never really know in Los Angeles who's going to show up to a football game when it comes to the college side. We move on to the game of the week. Possibly. That always comes with a caveat because, as we know, you can get pushed and pulled in any direction on any given Saturday. But... When it comes to Georgia and Clemson, we know going in at the very least what we're getting. Two of the five teams that matter. Two teams with NFL talent everywhere. Two teams that have recruited so well relative to the rest of the nation outside of those top five that it seems, again, like they're in a different sport relative to the rest. There's so much NFL talent that will be on the field on Saturday night when Georgia and Clemson are going at one another. Now, I'm on Georgia. I bet them at plus three. Again, remember our past gambling segments that have started all these shows the last few weeks. I'm going to trust that Clemson is Clemson until proven otherwise. They've earned that trust with Dabble Sweeney. I just assume they're going to be Clemson. Georgia is the much more intriguing team for me and how they piece into the national title puzzle because Kirby Smart has recruited as well as anybody for the last five years, including Alabama. But he's still waiting for that quarterback that will unlock all of Georgia's potential, the national title potential. A lot of people think it's JT Daniels. I am one of those people. That is why I'm betting on them. That is why I have a future on them to win the SEC. That's why I think that this might be their year for winning the national title. We're going to get a pretty reasonable answer to whether or not this team and this quarterback and JT Daniels are ready for that specific step. The final step in all of these steps that Georgia has climbed until the very last one. When it comes to headliner matchups, last but not least, I want to go over a headliner matchup that I don't think a lot of people realize in a way that is completely college football. University of Louisiana Lafayette against Texas. You remember last year, ULL, one of the very best non-Power 5 teams. They've been awesome under Billy Napier. They've gotten better every single season. And 
they return a ton of production from last year. They're ranked in the top 25 coming into this year. So people see that name and they go, ULL, who the hell's that? At the same time, if you follow the sport, you know this is a good football team. Texas, oh, the amount of intrigue that this program has hovering over going into the year. One of two teams that are tearing apart the, tearing apart the sport of college football in a way that we don't fully comprehend yet because they're leaving to the SEC within the next few years alongside Oklahoma. The same time, Steve Sarkeesian is their coach. He's making his debut. He was the offensive coordinator for that Alabama offense that looked like the best of all time last year. Now he's coming over to Texas. And the amount of pressure that is on this team before the game has even begun is immense because it is Texas football and they've not been successful in over a decade. And they're moving to the SEC. And Steve Sarkeesian is their new coach. And there's a good football team across the field in ULL. But a name that a lot of people won't recognize. So if ULL comes in and beats them, well, that is going to make a lot of waves within the sport on a national scale and also within a more diehard fan scale. This is the kind of game that can be an interesting footnote by the end of Saturday. Oh, Texas won in in Sark's debut. They look pretty good. They won by 10, whatever. Let's talk about Georgia Clemson. Or it can be the entire Saturday if ULL comes in and does what teams in the past have been doing to Texas at the start of the season. Like Maryland has done multiple times where they're pounding on them and the next thing you know, Everybody is tuned into the game going, how could Texas be down by three touchdowns to a team like this when we know the level they consistently recruit at and we know the resources that this program has at its disposal? Could be the entire Saturday. We don't know. Again, we never know what direction Saturday will take us. So knowing how college football usually goes, the most interesting things will probably happen outside of these games. I spend all week honing in on the biggest matchups and thinking about them and gambling and all that kind of stuff, but I move out because I realize the gift of this sport is that abominations can be as good as the very best. Or the mid-level stuff, it can be as good as the best. You just don't really ever know. What we know is that we want anarchy for everybody. We want chaos for everybody. So that could be Oregon State, Purdue, beavers and boilers. Why not? It could be Texas Tech against Houston. Power five, non-power five. Why not? But contained within the same state. It could be the upset potential of matchups like San Jose State against USC. San Jose State, a great team last year in their own right. And one that looked pretty damn good week zero against USC that continually seems to be underachieving, much like Texas. It could be upset potential of Western Michigan against Michigan. You want to talk about hot seat stuff, talk about Jim Harbaugh. Talk about how the pressure would go through the roof if they somehow ended up losing that game as 17-point favorites. Or it could be as simple as just some weird game that we don't even have on our radar right now, like Army-Georgia State. Contrast in styles, a game that nobody will really ever pay attention to unless it's one of those weird college football games that's in the sixth overtime and now everybody's watching it going, How? what's going on here? What is this game and who are these teams? It could be anything. Uh... What direction will this weekend take us? That is the great question that I'm sitting here ready to just shove down my goal like a boiling pot of chili and cream cheese. So college football, in the words that I have written earlier that I still believe now, it is a beautiful yet imperfect sport. 
lot of the stuff I've recorded in the last couple months about the sport of college football has dwelt upon that imperfection. Um, but the benefit of the present is that finally we have games here. We don't have to think about conference realignment for a while. We don't have to think about the ramifications of Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, driving a knife into the heart of what college football was. We don't have to think about name, image, and likeness. We don't have to think about transfer rules or the future of the sport, any of that stuff. Uh, finally, we're here. The games are here. You get to live in the present. And the present is week one. Real, live football games throughout the entire nation. So, we know where I'm going. I encourage everybody to join. Let's go get lost in this beautiful, imperfect sport and then reconvene to talk about it next week. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at CEO.com.